0: Welcome to Beyond the Frontline Podcast, where your hosts, U.S. Air Force veterans, Donna Hoffmeyer and Jay Johnson will help you transition from the front line to the home front. Listen every other Wednesday, as they will bring great conversations, resources, tips, and feel-good stories that will resonate and relate.
1: This is Tyler from Coming Home Well. And this is the coach, Alfredo Torres from the Coach's Corner. We have a new show that's coming on Beyond the Front Line. It is pretty awesome. We want to make sure that when you tune in to listen and you don't hear Alfredo, you don't freak out. Yeah, you guys gotta know it's the off-season here. And so I'm going to be out there scouting and we need somebody coming in to fill in while I'm out there checking out the talent for next season. Donna Hoffmeyer and Jay Johnson, they're going to come in every other week and Fill this coach's corner spot, but we're going to call it beyond the front line. They are both veterans who have extensive experience, both in service and out of service and talking about veterans transition, but a little more holistically, like about servant leadership and how to get your mind in the right spot to help with the transition so you have a better transition. You see, they actually care. And because they care, they're going to come out here and give
0: you that holistic approach toward your transition. Unlike me, where, you know, I'm going to, I'm a coach, so I'm going to be a little rough. These guys are going to hold you and they're going to, and they're going to love you because they care.
1: You care, Alfredo. We all know what I mean. I'm that tough love. (laughs) So, folks, tune in every other week to be on the front line. I think you'll find it super useful, especially if you're trying to transition. But if you are also one of those folks that are looking at a new job or trying to say, hey, I'm not really operating at my best potential, this is also for you.
2: Welcome to the very first episode of Beyond the Frontline. I'm Donna. I will be one of your hosts, and I am here with my co host, Jay. Good morning, Jay.
0: Hey, good morning, Donna. This is fun.
2: It is fun. For all of you listening out there, Jay and I are on a new adventure, brand new for me. Jay has a little background in podcasts, but I have none. And so on this first podcast, We are going to really give you a little bit of background on what's going to be coming, a little bit about us, what we do, what we have done, and how we got to this point. And then future podcasts, which really is going to focus on everything to do about veterans. What are some of the issues? What are the resources? Who are the veterans that are doing good? Feel good stories. Anything we can find to do with veterans. Fun facts, new facts, old facts, you name it. And we're going to discuss, we're going to be on every other Wednesday, and we're going to be coming in between Coach's Corner. So a big shout out to Coach for letting us have his every other Wednesday. And let's get started a little bit. Let's talk about us. So I'm going to start with Jay. I'm going to put him on the spot. Jay, I want to know, well, I already know, but... The audience wants to know a little bit about your background pre-military. Where did you grow up? What did you do? How did you get here?
0: (laughs) Thanks, Donna. No, it's good. You know, I was sitting there listening to you just talk about where we're at in our hearts. And it's going to be fun, I think, Donna. This is something we talked about before we came on to record this session. And I just think it's serendipitous, right? That's the word I used earlier. Uh, Because earlier you had said just in conversation, isn't it amazing, Jay, how... We were just having this conversation and we kind of manifested this because it
2: where, manifest.
0: <laughs> where our thoughts go, our energy flows and where our energy flows, right, things come to life. And so just quickly for everybody, before I tell you about me, Donna and I were out doing business probably uh, two weeks ago, I guess. And we had just finished doing this business. We grabbed a meal. And then we we're over at a coffee shop and she brought the whole topic of podcast in. And yep. we had just a few moments of dialogue around. Right. And, yep. and it was later, later that afternoon or evening, maybe next I day. I think it Donna. was the
2: next day.
0: Donna, Donna, you came back to me and you said, Jay, you're not going to believe this. And right. so what happened that, that caused you to reach back to me?
2: So in my email, there is a, a email from Coming Home Well. And the little backstory to that is that I was interviewed for a book that I had written. We'll talk about all that stuff later, but I was interviewed for that. And the next day, or about a week later, they actually put an email in my box and said, hey, we were interested in knowing if you wanted to do a podcast. And I thought, how crazy is that? We just (laughs) talked about this. So after some discussion... Long story short, I said, can I have a co-host? They said, yes. And I called Jay. And here we
0: are. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like that needed to come in because we were talking about it before we stepped into this space where we're recording this show for everybody. And I thought that sets a little context. And, yes. and the other thing, everybody, that I think you're going to hear from this episode, and, and Donna prefaced it well, is I don't know about you, but I always feel like I want to know who the voice is on the other end that's speaking into me right or who's presenting information or even if I'm at an event a conference and someone's talking I just want what's their qualifications yeah and, right. and so that's what we're going to do right now so thanks Donna for giving me the opportunity to share a little bit about me I, I'm an Oklahoma boy uh, some of you listening maybe you live in the heartland of America I live Donna and I both. We're just outside of San Antonio, Texas, and Donna you, likes to say we're maybe 12 minutes apart. We
2: are. The GPS <laughs> apart. the GPS says
0: 12 minutes. I bet as the crow flies, it's maybe 5 miles yeah. at most to be honest with you, but I love to say I got here as fast as I could, Donna. I love living here in Texas, Central Texas, right on the fringe of the Hill Country. But for those of you that maybe have any kind of orientation to Oklahoma, I grew up in a city called Lawton. It's literally just across the Red River from Wichita Falls, Texas, central, south central Oklahoma.
2: Lots of tornadoes. <laughs>
0: lots of yeah, it's Oklahoma, so there's lots of tornadoes, and
2: that's why. That,
0: that's one of the reasons. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll admit to that. But listen, I I don't know. I Oklahoma will always have my heart. I still love going back there. I don't think I'll ever live there again, and that's not a knock on any of you. Maybe listening to this podcast, who live there. I love it. You heard me say it has my heart. I enjoy going back. But, Don, I think just to let people get a sense of who I am. So, I grew up in a single parent family. My father was Army for four years in the mid 50s. He was 101st Airborne when they jumped out of airplanes, still today, you know, 101st is very different than when he served. But early on, age nine, he basically encouraged me to go out and find a JOB. And I didn't think anything of it, if you want the truth. I I think the work ethic I have today traces back to my father and and his work ethic. But by age nine, I was mowing lawns and making money. I was throwing newspapers. And literally, it was getting up at five in the morning, dragging the papers inside, rolling them, putting them in a bag on the front of the bike and pedaling and delivering in this huge neighborhood. But in my teens, I found myself, Donna, working in the grocery business. And maybe some of you listening have heard of a grocery chain called Winn-Dixie. They're still out there and around. But I started off working in a Winn-Dixie grocery store and found myself doing all the normal kind of things that somebody at a a youthful age might do. I was bagging and carrying the bags out to customers' cars because that's what we used to do. I was checking and stocking shelves and cleaning the store. But then they started moving me around. And for a young guy, Don, I started thinking, man, I must be horrible. (laughs) at <laughs> everything, right? Because they can't find anything I do well enough. They just keep moving me. But what I didn't realize was what they really were doing was grooming me. At least that's what I tell myself now. And and I think it's true. And you'll hear me, everybody, as I share this next piece. I mean, they moved me to produce and I spent probably three, four months in produce and then meat market, three, four months and then dairy and frozen food. And each one has its own little nuances. And even the deli bakery, And they ended up promoting me inside the store to one of the managers, a department manager. And I was making really good money at 17 years of age, leading, I don't know, a team of probably 12 people, the oldest being in her mid-60s, the youngest being roughly my age, 16, 17 years of age.
2: I have to stop them here. Because at this point, this is when he also realized that the ladies like the money, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. right? <laughs> having, having having money in your pocket gives you options, right? It's it's no fun when you don't have that. That's true, Don. But listen, here's what happened. I remember being at my father's house one day. I was already living on my own at age 17. I had already graduated high school, and I probably went to his house to eat because I used all my money for things other than food. So I'm in his home, and Ronald Reagan comes on the TV to address the American people, the American public, and he basically explains why he authorized airstrikes on the country of Libya, in particular, Muammar Gaddafi's regime. And there was just something in that message. We'll save it maybe for a later time. There's something in the message that really was patriotic to me. And within days, I went down to the local strip center and, Don, I have love and appreciation for every single service, man or woman, regardless of which service they are in. Mm-hmm. Army, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, love them all, love you all. And the first door I, I came to in that strip center was the Air Force recruiter. And so in 1986, I literally joined the Air Force, was delayed for six months, but it changed my life, gave me a chance to have my aperture opened, develop some maturity, and it's been a tremendous ride. And I think, Donna, they're going to want to hear the same from you. So what was it? Where were you and what led you? to enter the military.
2: So I was a country girl. I grew up in Northern New Hampshire and I actually grew up on a farm. My grandfather had a dairy farm and I was really good at milking cows. And, and I actually rode the cows in from the the field often. (laughs) I had a pet bull until he became (laughs) dinner (laughs) later that year. So um very good at bailing hay, milking cows, all that good stuff. But when I, as I kind of getting older, I was curious about the world. And when I was uh, 18, my parents scraped together, we were not well off. So when I say the next piece, this was like scraped money together. And they actually got me a plane ticket to England. For my 18th birthday. And my best friend and I flew out on the 4th of July out of Austin, flew to England. And that was my first taste of travel. And it bit me. And I knew (laughs) after that, I needed to go explore the world. So, college, I knew I needed to get out and get a degree. That was my ticket. I had an interest in medicine. So I said, you know, nursing fits this. And they were looking for nurses my freshman year. Something happened and they decided by my junior year that they were not looking for nurses anymore. They were trying to save money and they were cutting down the number of graduate nurses. And by my senior year, I watched my friends have their applications rejected and they were putting on it. Please do not have your friends send in their application. We have no more positions. That's that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I was pretty disheartened and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I kind of had to sit down and really think stuff over and really decide what I was going to do. And I put my big pieces, which was I needed to travel and I was sick of eating ramen noodles. I also <laughs> needed a paycheck.
0: It's a staple as a young person. Right. Ramen that was my
2: staple, right? And <laughs> peanut butter. And
0: peanut butter.
2: So uh, I came down to Peace Corps and military. As we all know, the Peace Corps just pays a stipend. So I would still be eating ramen noodles. I could travel. But I also didn't have a lot of experience and that was a limiting factor is that I was going out to places as a graduate nurse and that that was a little scary for me. So then there was the military who offered a paycheck, training, and the paycheck was enough to pay probably for a case of ramen noodles at that time. So the military was, off I went. My mom was jaw dropped. She was like, what? Because we did not have a strong military background in our family. My dad was drafted for a couple of years. My brother did join. But really, that was about it. So off I went and decided that was the route. And they only actually had 13 spots. And I actually was lucky number 13. I was last one to get in. I don't know if last one, because that was the last spot open, or maybe I was low on the totem pole. (laughs) I don't know, but I got in either way. And that's what started my career. And that's how I ended up in the military. So it was not as altruistic as Jay's, but I will say that, I learned once I got into the Corps what patriotism was, what service before self was, why we have excellence in all we do. And I proudly, proudly wore the uniform. And it turned into a 21 year career. Boom, I retired a year ago, a year and a month ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Time flies. Time
2: flies. There's
0: no doubt about that. I love that, Don. And I, I actually believe in my heart of hearts. I think the Greek would call it the sanctum sanctorum, right? Heart yeah. of hearts, our inner our, our inner core being. I think it's these differences, even though you and I share these core values right. and have this relationship that has developed over several years now, where we collaborate Gosh, well together. I know years. it's been yeah, it's been a couple of years. I really think it's the these unique differences in our perspectives that are gonna help us. And help those that we're speaking to now get this really deep and broad sense of not only who we are, but most importantly, things that we can share that are intended to help.
2: Well, them. having said that, so I'm going to turn it around. We told our stories, but what did you do in the military? And that's where you're going to see where more of our breath comes from.
0: 100% true. Yeah. So, Donna, that's really good. I'm, I'm happy to share a little bit about me. And, and I know that you feel this way, too. This podcast isn't about us. But back to what I said earlier about just being curious and wanting to understand who the people are speaking into our lives or sharing information. Right. So, Donna, I feel like I have a really interesting kind of background to bring to everybody. And just in short, I'll say this. I had the pleasure of serving as an enlisted member for just a little under 11 years I separated. I got out from the military, walked away from it, enrolled in a college ROTC program as an old guy. I would say 30 years old, I guess. That's old for a cadet, I think. (laughs) very And and spent 20 months in this ROTC program playing some of the reindeer games, but sharing what I had learned from being an enlisted member with Mm -hmm. these other future officers. Quite frankly, I think that was helpful. I, I popped back out the other side. Served as a commissioned officer for about 11 years and retired in May of 2010 with 20, just under 22 years worth of of service in uniform. And then, Donna, I did what a lot of veterans, I think, do. Not always, but a lot of times veterans are coveted by the government for the skills, the money that's already been security. invested in their training. And we then as veterans, yeah, we feel this sense of security of mm-hmm. having what's familiar to us. I I took a government civil servant job and was a government civil servant for five years. But four years into that, Donna, I I started having this longing for something else. And and that led me to what I do today. And and again, everybody listening, I'm sharing this only for context or context. (laughs) Today, I own my own company, but this is what I do full time. I'm out inside of organizations, day in and day out, nonprofit, for-profit, small business, Fortune 100. And I help them be more effective. I help them improve their leadership skills. I help them communicate more effectively. I help them truly begin to understand the importance of understanding other people, human behavior. and, And that, I think, equips them to not only lead themselves in a more effective way, but lead their teams in a more effective way. And that's how I met you, quite frankly. You know, I know we talked about that earlier, but your organization brought me in to do some training.
2: Right. Well, and you also do it on an individual level because that's really where we started to connect. So,
0: that is That is true.
2: So my background was a terminal degree nursing. So I came in as a nurse and that's what I did. And I did nursing for, well the majority of my career i had some not side hustles but i had some <laughs> some different things so i came in did nursing and then most of it was obstetrics and then i went in and became a flight nurse and that was one of the goals that i had when i first came in i saw the plane with the cross on it and i wanted to do it and i got my opportunity when i was stationed at travis and i became a flight nurse and then I did have that assignment at signed for three and a half years. It was the pinnacle. Of, it was the best thing that I ever did. And then from there, I went on, did some nurse management, went back to obstetrics, did nurse management. That was a very, very tough job. I learned a tremendous amount. I don't think I want to do it again, but I'm grateful for what I learned. So did that, and at the end of it, I always promised myself I stopped having fun. It's time to get out of the military. I was not having fun, so I got out at twelve years, and I decided I am going to, you know, finish my master's degree. My husband and I were dating at the time, so I got out, finished my master's, we got married, and we had a baby all in four years. So, that was in Little Rock. I we ended up going to San Antonio for my husband's next assignment. And I decide I should go back to the military and finish up my last eight years. So I decided to do the reserves. And I did a little bit in there. And that led me from traditional reserves to actually a full-time job. And in my full-time job, I ended up a clinical case manager at a headquarters where we took care of all the garden reserve that were injured. And it was a very niche job. And that's where I met Jay. He came in for some leadership training. Him and I connected. And... I was at the end of my military career. I was getting ready to retire. And I got out and did retire. And Jay and I always kept in contact. And I actually started to go to him for a little bit of mentoring. And him and I both realized I wasn't ready. I actually did a little crash and burn at retirement. And when I hit about six months, I did a full on, what am I doing? Where am I going? What is my purpose? All the questions that I'm sure a lot of you guys kind of went through. And Jay just listened and he reflected, helped me reflect a little. And it took me another six months and I finally found a direction and I started the company. I wrote a blog. I'm an author, finished a a book that um, I'm working on publishing. And then in the midst of all this, the podcast popped up and Jay and I end up reconnecting with the podcast. And here we are. Right.
0: Yeah, it's really good. I want to draw on something you said, though, mm-hmm. that I think may also connect with our listeners, mm-hmm. which I think is really critical. We tend to connect with people who we feel like we have a mutual shared experience with. Yes. So you mentioned just a couple places you were. So domestically in the US, most of my assignments were in the South and uh, Southeastern part of the United States. Mm-hmm overseas I had the pleasure of spending three years in the United Kingdom I spent three years in Italy and then I was I was deployed to Middle East as well for duty for an eight-month rotation and so for you domestically I think you covered coast to coast right
2: yeah coast to coast I I seriously did go from one end to the other I was Andrews Tucson with davis mothin and then travis
0: out in california
2: yeah in california and then i went to ramstein and then i went to lake and heat
0: so germany and England.
2: yep so i did that and in germany and uh, germany it was during bosnia mm-hmm. so we were in and out of doing bosnia kosovo during that time right and then uss Cole, we had to do the recovery on that very pinnacle in our career and then from there I said, went to Lake and Heath and that's where I got out. That's where I was like, I'm done. Can't do this. And I got out. Yeah. And so then I came back. When I came back, it was reserves here in Lackland down and Kelly Field. And then um, ended up at Randolph doing a full-time gig and then retired out of there.
0: Yeah. yeah so all those are good and even even listening into that when you start talking about the bosnian conflict right and in mm-hmm. the uss Cole, i was in during desert shield and storm right we were both in doing oef oif yeah. all these protracted things that we still have going on so
2: plus you- the plus the when i got into my last job I dealt with all the injured Mm -hmm. and the Guard and Reserve, and I really got to see the issues. And so I started out as one of the case managers, but when I was finishing, I was actually chief of policy for my office, and I worked directly with a lot of the policymakers at the Pentagon and at Secretary of the Air Force level. And I could any given day be talking to a service member or be talking to somebody at right. the staff level. So I got to see an enormous breath and I got to see the toll that it took on the veterans or on the, the people that were becoming veterans in this transition. Right. And that is what when I left the military, I wanted to continue to serve was to help these veterans with the transition. It which was, is it was tough. It was tough to watch it.
0: Which is huge, Don, but, because that is again back to our heart. And we're gonna briefly, I think, here share some of with our listeners, some of what they should expect from our episodes or biweekly, every other week, every, every
2: week. other Wednesday, because there's <laughs>
0: there's things you and I both have seen our fellow brothers and sisters battle through. And and we're not going to list them all right here. But, you know, PTSD is a real thing.
2: Yes, And
0: uh, it's something that can't just be seen outwardly. Oftentimes, right? It's not like someone who has an injury, a physical injury that we see. It's often hidden,
2: right? The invisible uh, behind ones. Exactly. I mean, I,
0: yeah, I, I had one of the things I did when I was on active duty was when the federal building was bombed in downtown Oklahoma City. As I was yes. sent into sift rubble, and I will tell you, it left an effect on me. but right. even today, there's things that I reflect on, still tied back to that. I know that you have that from your nursing background, in particular, but. We want to be able to help you all listening, the veterans, not only talking from a place of, hey, we can relate and we know what your service entails," but Donna just hit on the what happens in transition. And this is why the podcast yep, is titled exactly. Beyond the Front Line" because whether you served a year or 20 plus years, there comes a transition. That takes place. And there are certainly resources out there, but they're not always intuitive. Donna, would you agree with that? They're not always laid out in a way that makes it easy for us to leverage them and understand how
2: to leverage them. Well, and that is the perfect point. But I always tell people all the time what we're lacking is a needs assessment. We To be able to look at ourselves and go, well, what do we need? Do we need the educational piece? Do we need the job piece? Do we need the holistic piece? Like what piece do we need as we're transitioning out? And that is a very interesting area to look at because for me, what I thought I needed was to keep busy. And when I tried to get busy, I crashed and burned. And so what it looked like for me was a lot different than what it looked like for somebody else. And when does that crash and burn happen? Why does it happen? And like, there's all these things we need to explore on that, that I think it is, is critical. It's critical because I don't want anybody to crash and burn. I would love to see seamless transition and everybody coming out going forward with what they really want to do. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. So if we can give these little nuggets of information or maybe something we're talking about resonates with you, then then we're successful.
0: I agree with that wholeheartedly. And one of the things I did after I retired to stay busy, Donna, was I was volunteering in my local church. And one of the things I did was I was helping anyone. They didn't have to be church members, just right. anyone from the community With career transition, maybe they were unfulfilled in what they were doing, unemployed, underemployed, unfulfilled, whatever we want to say. But I was helping them tap into what do you really want to do? And then how can you go out and find the opportunities on what you really want to do? So we were even teaching how to build a resume, uh, how to negotiate salary, the full gamut of it. But even that is a transitional part.
2: You were externally productive. I was internally productive. I was painting <laughs> rocks and I am not joking. Mm-hmm. I was painting mm-hmm. rocks. So and I, I needed to for a while.
0: <laughs> so the so the next episode, what you and I have teed up, is really good. And we're yes. gonna we're gonna talk to people about the importance of introspective, reading, yes. right? Looking inwardly is a big piece of what we're gonna talk about on episode. And two.
2: hard to do.
0: It is very hard to do.
2: But That's why true. is it important to do? Yeah. It's very important to learn.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And so that's where we're going, everybody. We're excited and looking forward to having you with us. As we start to wrap up this episode, what are some final thoughts, Donna? What are you wanting people to walk away from now that they're getting to meet you and I, hear you and I, and have an idea of how we're setting the tables?
2: That's a good question. I want people to, one, enjoy this. I want people to laugh. And while they're laughing, take away little nuggets to go, hmm, you know, I never thought about that. I don't want people to feel like a fire hose is coming at them, like tap class with a thousand pieces of information and you have no idea what to do. I want you to be curious. I want you to think about reflecting. And I want this to be something that you can use to grow with.
0: I love every bit of that. No, and that's I. I say here, here. I echo that, ditto that, whatever the appropriate way <laughs> to say that. Look, I love that she just said be curious. I, I think in life we're not curious enough. I I want you to step into these episodes that way too. I encourage every single one of you to sit down as you listen to an episode, have a pen and paper in hand, and know this: that we all are in seasons, and sometimes things jump out at us that are meant for us in that season and other pieces may fly right by us. They may go in one ear and out the other because we're just not there yet. So I encourage you go back and listen to the episodes on multiple occasions, if you will. Because you're going to mine different yes. pieces out. There's something called the rule of seven.
2: Thank you. Yeah, which is reading my mind.
0: Yeah, which says basically, sometimes we need to see, hear, do things seven times before it really resonates. Yes. So I want that to done. I, I don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed. I want you to take what's for you and know that the episodes are, are housed out there and you can go back and listen to them at any point and you're going to be in good shape.
2: Yeah, I think we've wrapped this up. I think we've we've hit the highlights. Hopefully you know a little bit more about us. And I'm going to let Jay wrap this up because I started it.
0: Well, we're going to do a couple of things, everybody. This is how we want you to know we're going to close these episodes. We're either going to close with a quote we're going to close with highlighting, spotlighting a veteran-owned business, or we'll just leave you with some encouragement. But today, I have a quote kind of weighed on my heart. Uh, a mentor said to me years ago, Donna, he said, we don't get what we want. We get what we believe. And, uh, and I think that's really true. It we goes have to...
2: under manifestation. That's how we ended up on the podcast. It's
0: true. So we have to be aware of that. So I just want you to leave that in mind. You may want lots of things, but if your belief system is telling you you can't do something, you're already self-sabotaging is the word I'll use. So, Don, I'm excited moving forward to do these with you to our listeners. We're looking forward to interacting with you. And we close out today just by saying we appreciate you. And bye for now. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Frontline. A podcast of Coming Home Well. Join us every other Wednesday. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Follow us on Instagram at Coming Home Well underscore BTS or on Twitter at Coming Home Well. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well.